and we're live. Welcome. <laughs> this is fish meets. Oh, <laughs> fish meets horn. Fish me. Fish meets a damn horn out of nowhere. Fish meets land. This is the first episode of our podcast. We don't really know what we're doing with it. Just talking about swimming. Yeah. And land training. That's the whole. That's the whole purpose. Trying to simplify training that already exists. And training that doesn't exist. <laughs> Trying to come up with a new concept. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you can tell, Logan has a very powerful voice. Coach's voice. Coach's voice. Standard. Mine's a li- I can see the waves. Look at that. That's soft. Like that. Just very soft. soft anyway, this, this uh, episode is more about you, Logan. Thanks, mate. Yeah. So it's learning more about you and your coaching. Very good. Yeah. We've already got the voice we've just established. That's it, really. That's all you need as a coach, just a powerful voice. Yeah. No, no knowledge. No, no preliminary experience needed. If you just got a powerful voice, done. Yeah. And so, so how did you get into it then? You all know you're like a uh, human-fish hybrid, hence the name. <laughs> um, I think there's a movie about you on Netflix at the moment. Nemo. No, uh, it's got Sam Worthington in. I think that's his name. The guy from uh, Avatar. Oh, he's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be I'll be acted by him. Have you seen it? Have you seen the... No, what's it called? Oh, I've seen Avatar. No, it's... Uh, he becomes this government experiment where he starts... He, I think he's a swimmer already. He's a Navy SEAL or some sort of... Know, Aquatic. Yeah, guy. Anyway, <laughs> they do the experiments on him and then slowly over time he starts like getting gills... Starts no getting, starts getting <laughs> no wedge way. fingers. It's a true, it, well, this is true just, story. It is it's evolution. Fun. Yeah. So oh. yeah, it looks it looks pretty good. Uh, uh, I think if it's based on anyone, it's based on you. So at one point during my swimming when I was younger, I did think, you know, what happens if I swim so much that I just start to have webbed fingers? Yeah. Because some people actually exist with you know their their toes connected. You know, like me. You're, Oh, my toes to just cross over. <laughs> yep, they're, they're, that's tight shoes yeah. when you get a growth spurt to six foot five. <laughs> like that scene in uh, Space Jam. That's definitely what happened. Yeah. I was 13 and I was like three foot. And I was 14 and I was six foot. Oh, that Space Jam scene. Yeah. Yeah, when they all grow up. And the blue one. Yeah, yeah. touched the, the basketball one. and I just went tiny. And became the tallest. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into swimming in the first place? What age were you when you first began? Six months. Six months old. Yeah. My parents took me into the water at six months and they pushed me to and fro. That's true. Very. Is it? Okay. And then when I was a toddler, we were at the beach and uh, I wasn't afraid of the water. So I um, apparently just walked into the sea. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Just going home. (laughs) Just said, later, Dad. I'm going home. And uh, they they obviously watched me and then, you know, Dad started running, obviously, when I got into the water and I just he said I just walked all the way in until my head was under and then he had to pull me out but um but you, I wasn't crying you already able to swim why didn't you just swim away yeah I, you know I should have really yeah but thinking about it I had to make my dad feel important right you know? yeah you knew at that young age yeah I knew I was just dominant yeah in H2O um but then yeah six months old and then I went through the whole club swimming and then um and then I became a lifeguard, which was just a natural progression for a swimmer, for a job. Was David Hasselhoff a big influence yeah. for you back then? Always. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If I was the duty manager, then I would have asked everybody to wear speedos and 
get a perm. Oh yeah? At the club now or at the club you worked at? Everywhere forever. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the rest of time. A bit of hair on the chest as well. <laughs> just just a tad. <laughs> Not a lot. Just between the uh, between the, the pecs. What about their movement? Would that have to be in slow motion or would they be allowed to do that? Only because... if there's an emergency. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you press the alarm button. Yeah. And then you go into slow-mo. Right. Everything else can be normal pace, but as soon as it's an emergency, slow-mo. Yeah, yeah. And that would be pretty dangerous because... Would the women have to be the same as Pamela? No, no, no women have, have can have a little bit more freedom, yeah. But they have to have the perm. They yeah. have to go for the hoff look. That would be an interesting one. What, with the hairy chest as well? well I don't know, you said they can have a bit more freedom, so... <laughs> yeah, let's just say they could have a hairy chest if they really wanted one. Okay, equal right. Equal rates. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so then, yeah, natural progression was lifeguard. And then from lifeguarding, uh, public swimming sessions. So where, where was all of this happening? In Basingstoke? In Basingstoke. And my parents were very supportive um, as I grew up. Swimming wasn't the only sport I did. I did football, cricket, tennis, squash, rollerblading, ice skating. I'm, I can pretty much do any sport that you throw at me to a competitive standard, mainly because of my dad. That's a show off. Yes, man. Nice. I love playing sports. Dude, yeah. Did not take you for that sort of person. Really? Yeah. yeah everybody sees me as a fish. Yeah. And Eagle is the one that Eagle. I really want to. Eagle, Eagle, oh. Igor. Oh yeah. He's the one that I really want to wipe the floor with at table tennis. Oh yeah? yeah. Have you guys played? No, but he keeps on dominating Fran and his parents, and nobody's ever beat him apparently. Really? So I'm going to beat him now. I will record, and then we will upload that to. The website, which is coming, ladies and gentlemen, fishmeesland. Yeah, dot com or co.uk. Yeah, or dot org or org dot inc. Whatever. Or something. Em. Just let us have one. All right. Don't buy it, and then we have to buy the rights. Oh, we shouldn't have told them now. Damn it. Not gonna be a website, guys. It's just gonna be this podcast app. Yeah, no website whatsoever. No. YouTube I think the internet's broken, to be honest. Yeah. So, you know, don't even try it. If anything, there's enough websites out there now. It doesn't need to be anymore. No. We're just trying to uh, reinvent the wheel. So after that, uh, I Dad got me into doing level one swimming teaching. And then I started to teach parent and baby. Yeah. Um, preschool. Yeah. Um, and then two to four-year-olds and then went up and then... Did my studying at college, did my studying at university, came out of university undergraduate, didn't really know what I wanted to do, so carried on with the teaching, carried on with the coaching, realised I was good at it, went off to study at Loughborough, and then after that, I worked with the Olympic athletes, and then... How did that come about? That was uh, at my time in Loughborough. University? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we we were building them up to 2012 five Olympians and one Paralympian and then international and national swimmers um, on the program and okay. um, yeah I mean it was all good and then Sally decided that she wanted to go to university Sally my missus by the way okay. <coughs> if you didn't know yeah she's equally into swimming yeah that's how we met yeah. we met on a lifeguard course we, we it was my third lifeguard course because it runs out every two years oh. yeah which is a pain but it's you know it has to because if you're going to save someone's life, you should really be up to date with how many resuscitations to give them, how many chest compressions, and, and is that right how you way met? Did she need resuscitation? No, I wish. 
Um, no, she she was on her first lifeguard course, and I was on my third. And I knew the manager, Nick Mutalama. Nick, that's a shout out to you, buddy. Shout out to Nick. Um, and we were there, and we we were taking it seriously, obviously, but we'd been through a lot of it, so we uh, we we learnt a little bit, but a lot of it we already knew. Sally didn't really know that much, so we teased her about what a prea prism was. And a prea prism is when someone has a spinal injury um, in the water or outside of the water. <clears throat> they will get a boner. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you see someone pitching tent on yeah. their back at the bottom of some stairs, <laughs> you can just assume that they've had a spinal. Oh. It's one of the things that you can... It has to be a male, though, I'm presuming. Yeah, you can't get... Well, oh. you don't want to be looking for a female boner. I don't know. I don't know much about spinal injuries. <laughs> Just grow a penis. So how how does that how do you get a spinal injury in the pool? Um, you can do backstroke and uh, like a noob, headbutt the wall Ooh. because you haven't been taught how to turn or figure out where the wall is. Or if the pool is not very good and doesn't have backstroke flags or line ropes or a ceiling with an indicator where the pool end is, then yeah, you will bang your head. Um, you can also have a spinal where you jump into a shallow pool, your feet hit the floor, your, your, your vertebrae compress. There's different types of spinal injury you can get. But all of them will give you a boner. Well, not all of them. Oh, and a really? boner is only one of the symptoms that you, you might get. Yeah. Most, or, most often or not, the person just won't move. <laughs> you know, that's more of a symptom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a boner, but he's moving. <laughs> it's not a spinal. <laughs> Voyeuristic yeah, swimmer. Just this guy with his own. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and put put it hand in hand. How was it working with the Olympic team? Yeah, it's sweet, but also it's Loughborough. So the year that I went there, uh, the previous Olympics, I think they'd put they have banners on the wall, which is fucking scary because I can't remember the dates or the the years. But the first banner I saw, they'd sent maybe four, and then the next banner they'd sent eleven. Olympians from one pool and then the year that we were there we sent 14 so we effectively sent a third of the British team uh, to London 2012 oh, okay. from one pool and if yeah. you think about it there was Bath there's Stirling there's Manchester there's Sheffield there's several several swimming programs out there and how Plymouth Leander but how many normally go from each you know area? well that's a good question I don't know it's, it's, it depends on how many events there are and how many events are being entered, but they generally enter every event. But how much, do you know how many is on a full team? No. From the West Country? No? Okay. I, I'd Something probably say Google. within the region of 60, maybe. But they, they 60? 60. 60. Yeah. Whoa. It's a lot of support staff that go out as well. And this is in case the best ones get injured, you've got a backup. Uh, I don't know if the best ones get injured, they're injured. Because um, even some of our swimmers in 2012... One of them got ill. The Paralympic swimmer, Emma Hollis, um, broke her ankle. Broke her elbow. I think it was her elbow. Jesus. Either way. Yeah, but she still swam. She was, um, she was, she was a hard nut. Yeah, but if, you know, if it goes out the window, it goes out the window. Yeah. How did she break her, uh, Um, I can't remember exactly what, uh, her, um, disability was yeah, you know, I'm not a doctor I'm a swimming coach but um, it was certainly something to do with brittle bone disorder it was outside of the pool related it wasn't in the pool um, what do you mean was she injured herself before getting in the pool or? oh yeah, yeah it was outside the pool she stepped off a curb 
Right. And because her you know, sort of bones or, yeah. or her ligaments are that weak, uh, yeah, yeah, broke her ankle. Well, that's what I heard anyway yeah. from Ian. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was pretty sweet. It's scary because you go in there and you're looking at these, you know, Olympic banners and immediately you feel like a peanut. Mm. You know, you are small mm. and you, have, you know nothing. So for me, entering that domain was a learning curve, but I took a lot of knowledge from that. Mm-hmm. Took a lot of... Um, yeah, took a, no- a lot of knowledge in the fact that swimming has to be fun, and a lot of exercise has to has to be fun. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why would you do something that isn't fun? So when when it comes to writing a program and writing a set, that's what you have to take into account. Do you find you have to add uh, a lot of variety? <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. For you, uh, uh, swimming as opposed to like gym based yeah, stuff. yeah yeah I mean to be honest the gym, variety in the gym is, is good to be fair as well mm. um, but I think there are a lot more indicators in swimming where you do not have to do the same swimming set mm. but you will realise the swimmer is getting better whereas in the gym sometimes you have to do the same kind of set to figure out whether you're lifting heavy or you're performing the exercise yeah, yeah. so it's I think if I knew more about you know programming in the gym then I'd probably have a different opinion but uh, from from you know my kind of knowledge at the moment it's easier in the pool to add variety and keep 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 it different than it is in the gym um, maybe not for somebody that isn't in the know because a lot of people just get in the pool and just swim for an hour yeah and you know, freestyle right yeah 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 or head up breaststroke which is my pet peeve for anybody's li- listening, if you're doing head-up breaststroke, which is also referred to as granny or granddad breaststroke, granddad. it's very, very bad for your neck, it's very, very bad for your lower back, and it's very, very bad for your knees. If you think about the body position in the water, 45-degree angle, with your head out of the water, how is that a good position to swim in? It's not. So if you really, really want to do something, learn how to do proper breaststroke or stop doing granny or granddad breaststroke because you're going to hurt yourself plus you're not doing exercise this is a bit of a rant by the way (laughs) you're not doing any exercise in that head up breaststroke or at least um, you know you want you want to be but you're not getting anything out of it because normally the pool temperature is about 28 or 27 degrees so it's definitely not you're not going to be burning you're not going to be burning any calories or building up a sweat to justify doing that stroke no matter how many legs you do of it so you just got to think about that. You'd be better off sitting in the sauna. That rant over. Yeah. Okay. I think it was about a two-minute rant. Yeah. So hey, obviously it's something that annoys you. And we have to get it out of the system so we can move on. Yes. Um, <laughs> so what do you find is the most annoying? What I see. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't realise it was going to be that loud. That was a nice coffee. Was that a nice one though? Yeah, it was alright. Right. So what are your other pet peeves with swimming? What do you find that people have approached you and asked you and you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Can you teach me how to breaststroke? <laughs> and I say no, outright. My other pet peeves with swimming are lane etiquette. Um, there is clockwise, anti-clockwise, don't stand in the middle of the lane. 
um, people staying in the middle of the lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Uh, they just don't know lane etiquette. They'll stand at the end of the lane in the middle. So when oh, you're going to do a tumble turn or a turn, okay. they're in the way. I think they're actually in the middle of the lane. Oh, well, so some people do that as well. Yeah, okay. The people that walk up and down the pool, that's another one of my pet peeves. Yeah? Yeah. I get they might be doing it for physio. Yeah. But, you know, you can kind of do that in the like pool. A racehorse getting yeah. his broken leg. Oh, that's just said. Yeah. Um, lane etiquette in what general. If, what if that is their only option? What if they're severely overweight? Oh, I'm walking in the pool? Water. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely fine. Get in the slow lane and do it clockwise. Oh, right. Don't go in the fast lane. Oh, they do that? Okay. So lane etiquette is a big, big pet peeve, and it's not as though there aren't signs on poolside to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think people just enter a little bubble, and it doesn't help that it might be a spa pool or anything like that. You basically wouldn't see that in the London Olympic pool or Barcelona 1992 Olympic pool, or so they're a lot deeper though as well. Yeah, right? two meters. Yeah, yeah. They're so, two meters. Okay. Yeah, two meters deep. I'll so um. Another pet peeve is uh, people putting their hat on with the seam uh, going across their head instead of the seam going along their head. Right. That that really does my head in. <laughs> and, and, and also the hat rising too high on the forehead, right. so it looks like they just have a huge forehead. Right. You know what I think about big foreheads. <laughs> well, if someone does have a big forehead and they can't help it, and that's actually a normal thing. Jeez, just pull the hat down even more. Or buy two, so one covers the front and one covers the back. <laughs> buy two hats. <laughs> um, yeah. What other pet peeves have I got about swimming? You mentioned things about methods before, and how that's sort of what stemmed the idea for this podcast, right? Yep. A lot of the time, people, for example, in the gym, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yep. That uh, tends to get people very confused. Is that the same for the swimming pool? Um, like the aim for you was to simplify everything, right? Yeah, in terms of methods, what, what do you mean? Like um, said, ways of teaching? Uh, no, but you said like somebody will come and ask you in the past, like, do you teach this? Oh, right, right, right. Do you yeah. teach the, this? Yeah, that's right. Things. Yeah, there's a lot of good marketing tricks that swimming companies yeah. are using to get swimmers through the door. Right. Which I suppose is a good thing because they're getting people that wouldn't generally come into the pool coming into the pool. Right. But then again, I hate them for it. Because uh, a lot of it is uh, BS. Mm. In what way? They're, they're selling you a gimmick. Much like in the gym, they come out with um, you know classes that with new names that have just they're flogging a dead horse. Mm. They've done it before. They're just giving it a new name. Yeah. Um, is it doing anything for you? Is it not? Nobody knows. They're just buying into it. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it's making people get off their asses and exercise but really wouldn't wouldn't it help them just get a coach or a personal trainer to do that that's it because they sometimes with that example as a group fit I was thinking of this today uh, there's a difference between doing it right and doing it wrong like if you're just moving around you're going to sweat but people confuse sweating for working out and it's more that it's just their core temperature has been raised and then they're you know perspiring to try and cool down but they've not really done anything and then the next day like oh I did that class yesterday not the bad mouth classes but it's just the downside to that is there's a lot of people in a class and so the instructor cannot you know cater for everybody so therefore somebody will come in and they'll be doing like stiff leg deadlifts yeah. or bend over rows and they say like oh it was a really good class my back hurt the next day and it's 
it's not their fault. Yeah, it's not anyone's good. fault. It's just that it's you know forty five minutes. You got to get in and get on with it. Yeah, He's well, that, that's that's a little bit like uh, you've got you've got two 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 different cultures within CrossFit. You've got the CrossFitters that like you know having good technique. Yeah, like Steph. Yeah, you know Steph. She she's got quite good form. Shout out to Steph. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Steph Whitehead. That's a shout out to you. Um, but then obviously there there is the other side of CrossFit. And, uh, and that's just almost like lifting weights real heavy, throwing them around. Popping on your shoulder. Yeah, or a vertebrae. Yeah, but then that's why I have Finally to... Get a boner. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good indication. If you've fucked your back and you got a boner, then uh, you're across. Get off to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's why they brought in the um, introduction classes, didn't they, to CrossFit. So, like, uh, originally anybody could just show up and do CrossFit, but now there's, like... Uh, checklist you sort of have the pass oh well, that's quite good in good ones in yeah. good good venues i would presume yeah so speaking I mean, entirely with no knowledge of it but i i heard they brought in uh that sort of approach to protect people i think it ne- i think they needed to yeah otherwise there was a lawsuit coming <laughs> but um yeah, yeah i mean there, there are there are companies out there and i'm not going to name anyone but you will know because they will sell you this method you know you know, maybe I'm going to name them because, you know, that's who I am and that's what I do. You're the renegade. I don't mess around. The shore method. <gasps> the pop-off method. Ooh. The swim smooth method. Do you teach these methods, Lorcan? And I say, no, I don't. Teaches the Lorcan method. Yeah. Which I in just... itself is a scam, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Yeah. You experience firsthand. No, I just, uh, I get you there the fastest way possible for you and the best way. So you um, cater for individualism in that sense. Yes, but also you can do that within a group setting. Okay. Um, but you have to be very, very good and you have to think on your toes and you have to have a plan and a program and you have to be able to adapt that immediately to be able to help someone out that isn't getting it within the group but also help the other guys uh, improve as well. And how so, do you, yeah, sorry. No, no, so, um, so that's the main thing. Um, too, many of these, too many of these companies will sell the one-size-fits-all our approach is the best. We will get you there 100%. Give us £3,000. And I had a woman at Tower Bridge that came to one of the swimming camp classes. Um, and it was a beginner to intermediate class at Tower Bridge that I was running on a Tuesday at 6.30. She came down and she said, I'm a non-swimmer. Or at least I told her that anyway. And um, she said she'd had lessons with her company. I can't remember who she said. And she paid £3,000. She couldn't even put her face in the water or float on her front uh, in the first five minutes of seeing her, and she told me that. After 10 minutes, she was floating on her front with her face down and standing up on her front on her own. Go away. So, um, you know, she spent £3,000, and then she came to a free class, and I sorted her out in five minutes. And she'd had 20 20 or so lessons with this other company. So it, it, it is. What were they charging three grand? What was she getting for that three grand? Did you find out? Nothing. Jesus. One to ones. How many times? Like a week. She said she'd done about twenty. Twenty sessions. Twenty three sessions. Grand. And she couldn't. That float. was all of the three she grand. Couldn't breathe. She couldn't float on her front. Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, she kept on coming down on Tuesdays. Got a kicking on her front. Got a kicking on her back. Standing yeah. up on her yeah. back. It's a very very simple process. The first thing it starts with is breathing. Are they confident in keeping their feet on the floor? You don't even need to leave your feet off the floor. Uh, just tilting their face in the water, 
blowing out of their nose or blowing out of their mouth. That's it. And then everything just builds up from there. Um, and they're all fundamentals. And that, that is what I'm about. You know, if you're going to build a house, you build the house properly. You put brick after brick after brick after brick. And in the end result, the house won't fall down. If you start and you start skipping things and doing it quick ways to make them feel like they're progressing, but really they're not, then you're going to get caught up in the end. The amount of people that I've taught that have been taught the catch-up way of swimming, freestyle. How does that go? Catch-up. Um, <clears throat> the instructor will get them to uh, you know, do a, very, a variety of exercise, single arm. Won't look at the arm recovery properly. Won't look at the hand recovery properly. Won't look at rotation. Just get them to spin the arm over in a circle. And then they'll get them to do catch-up, which is where both hands meet at the front. Mm-hmm. And uh, on every single stroke. And it, it's such a bad way of teaching because it instills bad habits that someone like me has to fix later yeah, and effectively yeah. give them a completely new stroke. Mm-hmm. There might be, you know, something I can use from the catch-up, but not really. Yeah. So it, it, is, it is bad methods of teaching and almost lazy methods of teaching. I'm not tarnishing all teachers or coaches. And it, maybe it's because they haven't been educated or, 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 or something along those lines. But mm. you certainly pick up on it. You know? And I'm not saying there is a right way of teaching. But covering the bases early on, the fundamental skills that people should learn for, for the strokes is, is, is key. Um, and that's all strokes. Don't just, work, don't just learn one stroke. Mm. You want to do all competitive strokes. But... Um, yeah, those are kind of my pet peeves, really. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, prob- I'm pretty confident I've got more. Yeah. Like triathletes. Triathletes are a pet peeve of mine. Why is that? Yeah. So pick a sport. Hey, Lorcan, I've got a triathlon next week. Oh, cool. So what, you want me to take a look at your technique, you know, help you with your sighting, just a little bit of race tactics? No, 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 I can't swim. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> cool. All right, well, let's do it. Let's see what you can do. So, uh, you know, I, I get that often or not. Everybody underestimates a swim in a triathlon. And, um, and so they should, to be fair. Ironman distance and 1,500-meter triathlon, Olympic distance. The swim, in comparison to the bike and the run, is pitiful. The bike is, uh, however long in an Ironman, what, uh, maybe four hours? Maybe longer? Yeah, yeah. yeah I can't remember. The run is about a marathon, but the swim is only, um, well, I'd do it in less than an hour. So, the swim's normally three miles, right? 2.3k, I think, maybe more, 2.4. Okay. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. I think half is a 1.9. Three, yeah, sorry, three, three, yeah, three k But yeah, they, they and, and triathlon coaches uh, also grind on me because, um, Depending on where their where their specific sport background has come from, like if they're a cyclist or a runner, they will still dish out swim advice to a triathlete, um, and generally they will say, "Save your energy from the swim, so you can do it on the bike and the run." And um, as a swimmer and an ex-triathlete, I can tell you, when I was doing national triathlon. We didn't save our energy on the swim. We went out hard, and then 
we were trying to stay with the pack on the bike. It wasn't about saving energy. So that's another pet peeve of mine. You can have a triathlon coach, but if I were you, I'd get a swimming coach. And I'd probably just get the specific sport coaches for each sport. Because it is, no matter how many people say it, no matter how many triathlon coaches say it, it is three sports, Mm. not one sport. People only say it's one sport because you're doing swim, bike, and then run, and you have to think about all of the training that goes into the different types of sport. But at the end of the day, there are different training principles for each sport, underpinning each sport. And that's it. Techniques. So, yeah, that's another bugbear of mine. What about me as your uh, your client? Been swimming together for a while now. We February. have indeed. Have yeah. you seen uh, progressions? Without the beginning, the beginning uh, we started. Yeah, you were just heavy as balls. Yeah, yeah. And you're you wouldn't way through the water. You wouldn't move. No, no, you weren't moving at all. Especially on your kick. You kick. Your kick was just. You just would not move on your kick. What's um, wrong with the kick? You're just heavy. Mechanically, you might have had a good kick. Your foot flexibility was probably a little bit too stiff. You haven't done it before, so. Normally we see that, we see, we see, we correct, or I do, sorry. Um, I correct the kick mechanically so that it looks right. It's the way we want it. But just because you're doing something mechanically correct doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. Yep. Like if you're going to do a deadlift mechanically correct, doesn't mean you're going to be able to deadlift your body weight or more than your body weight. Or yeah. so, so getting it correct is the first thing and then training it from there on in is the next thing. So, for example, I didn't. I was. I'm not afraid of the water. No. So in that case, it wasn't a case of having to go from those baby steps. Of yeah, yeah. Head yeah. down, flow, breathe. So how do you accelerate? I guess you just. How do you figure out where a person's at beyond that? Well, that's the difference between learning and, and training, and and actually teaching and coaching. Um, teaching, you generally have some form of curriculum that the person follow some form very loose to be honest because not everybody like I said about these other companies it's not a one-size-fits-all approach you have to be adaptable coaching and training is there is no real curriculum you are just trying to make the person better now again I'll give you a house reference you're building the house with the bricks and everything like that once you built the house you just got to maintain it so if little bits go wrong you just fix it little right. bits go wrong you make improvements to it so it's the same when when you, you 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 teach someone to swim you get them to do one or two lengths to a reasonable standard of technique in fly back breast or freestyle once you can do that then you start to think about stroke count which gives them an indicator of consistency mm-hmm. once they start thinking about that then you can start looking at a goal you know that they've got do they want to do a 200 fly fine do they want to do a 1500 meter freestyle? Fine. Do they want to swim the channel? Doesn't matter. As long as they've got a grounding in technique and they're aware of their stroke count, then you can effectively just do anything. That everyone can swim, everybody can do whatever they want to do, but it's whether they've got the, the commitment, the drive, and, and taking the time to do it. That's really what counts. So, yeah, there is a difference between learning and training. And you're 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 coming out uh, you're coming out of the learning 
spectrum now. Mm. You're really moving into the training. However, there will still be touch-ups to your technique that yeah. we will make. So there, there is always a part of learning within coaching. Um, like today, for example, when you were doing your breaststroke arms, um, I don't know whether you were watching me on my breaststroke, but you were certainly taking a little bit more time between each stroke on your breaststroke. Yeah. However, you were still driving the hands, you were driving them over the top of the water, which is great, but you were driving them too much in a loop over uh, the water, whereas I just want them to come completely straight through, yeah, straight through, through straight the brain. Yeah. Which is, you know, these minor, minor things that we tweak um, to make it better. Yeah. And that's the difference between, you know, your learning and your training is you, you could probably train and do it that way. However, there is still a tweak to be made. Right. Um, but yeah, it's exciting when somebody chooses a goal and chooses an event. And I, you know, I love just kicking people's asses in the water. Yeah. Well, like originally my goal was the 1500 meters, right? With the freestyle. But now... Well, now you're more informed though. Yeah. You know, true. that 1500 meters, we actually got you to do it, but we got you to do 15100s. Yeah. So it was a broken 1500. Yeah. So, you know, the... The goal shifted once you become more informed. The goal is still there, but just probably after November, when you uh, when you you're done being Batman. <laughs> it's my thirtieth in November, and we're doing a Heroes and Villains. Yeah, Fancy everyone is invited. Everyone, everyone, literally everyone. I'm yeah. going as Thor. Yeah, he shouldn't. I should. I'm going as yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I was going to go as Thor, uh, but. Lorcan's birthday. Yeah, but you can't be Thor 365 days a year. You can be Thor 364. Just let me have one day. day. Yeah, one day of Thor. Okay, I can do that. I'll boss it anyway. I'm just Thor out of costume. (laughs) Yes, that's me, okay. Pretty much. I'm just going to don a cape and a cowl. Go back (laughs) to being Batman again. (laughs) So I was thinking about this. Do we need to dress up and are we walking there dressed up? Or do we just be arriving? Oh, man, I'm yeah, I'm dressing up and then getting dressed up, going yeah. I'm getting on the train with Thor. Are you? Yeah. Should we go to yours? Should we have? Actually, Thor wouldn't get on the train. Oh, you're on hammer. You can fly. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a Batmobile, so technically I should drive. Maybe I'll just walk to London so people <laughs> just get into get into character. Because you're coming from Basingstoke. How did you get here? I flew. Is there going to be a venue before the venue? Like where are oh, we going to meet? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Drink responsibly. Drink I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I haven't even planned it. I really, really need to. It's fast approaching. Yeah, what, it is. Three okay. or four months, four months. And you've not done any training with me in the gym. No. You've not stuck diligently yeah. to the six-month plan I created. I'm still get, I'm getting... I'm in the pool, being butchered, and you're you not coming in. Yeah. Look at these. Foul. I know. They're growing. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll sort myself out. Yeah, well, you've got... I've got slightly there. bigger. You have, actually, yeah. Slightly. And we got, we got just under four months. You know what's funny? I did an in-body... I did an in-body analysis. Yeah. Fran got me to do it in May. Yeah. We did it, I think we did it on the 2nd of May mm-hmm. at, uh, at 2 o'clock. Yeah. And I had apparently 35 SMM, skeletal muscle yeah. mass. 35 kilos of ma- muscle, yeah. Some, which somebody said I was more muscular than Eddie. I had more muscle mass than Eddie. I think they were winding me up. So then I had 14% body fat. Uh, so, you know, some other bullshit stats, which is fine. I didn't really care about them. This is um, why you float in the water. This the is way. pretty much why I float. I did it yesterday. Amy did it for me. Yeah. Another shout out, Amy. Shout out, Amy. Um, new academy trainer. Yeah, new academy trainer. Ward. Yeah. Dressed up as um, that green one in... Uh, in... Uh, in... Uh, <laughs> gone. Completely gone. <laughs> this is the dementia kicking in. That film. What's the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? 
Oh yeah, yeah. The green ones. She yeah. said she dressed up as her once. Yeah, anyway, her name completely off that's track. Annoy me. Yeah, that's gonna annoy me as well. Yeah. Damn it. Oh well. Yeah. yeah. I nearly said Galadriel, but she's not yeah, green. No. She's in Lord of the Rings. Ah. Weird. Um, I was sixteen percent body fat. No, with thirty-four kilos of muscle. I, apparently I lost muscle apparently I got 34 yeah, uh, 35 happens. again how did that happen physically I know I put muscle on this is what happened when I was in Nepal I dropped a whole kilo of muscle and then right. this last four weeks I've been doing upper body and now my end body reads I've put back on that kilo to my upper body so I'm now sitting at 49 there's not a chance I've lost any muscle that end body's just trying to screw me over you oh, know what I think it was it? no look I'll show you that. I can't I can't I'm, nutrition I'm, could be down I ripped it up I burnt it <laughs> yeah, it annoyed me that much. I broke the machine as well. I just stood on it. Yeah. Um, why, why couldn't it be possible? If, you, if you've been eating differently, if you've been training less... Well, I'm not worried about the percentage of body fat. No, but muscle, I mean... Muscle, I've put muscle on. I know I have. Why are you saying you've lost it then? Because the body said so. Yeah. But then that could be true. How? Visu- visually, I wasn't training yeah. when I was uh, when Fran did it. Yeah. And now I'm training. <laughs> but maybe you're not eating enough to warrant that that growth response yeah maybe it could be that if you... oh you just think I've lost fat around the muscle oh. I can't have because I'm 16% body fat apparently my training is having adverse effects to my health yeah but that's why nutrition is so good <laughs> so the in body is basically saying don't train you don't eat anything in the day mate that's the issue I do I eat your uh, little ravita biscuits no, like the ball. you don't ever eat like <laughs> good sauce you must get that's like true. a very lack of calories in I, I, apparently I've been intermi- intermitting, intermittent fasting without yeah. knowing it yeah because I get the train at 6.51 I don't eat before I get the train because I wake up at 10 past 6 10 past 6 shower get downstairs for half 6 dad takes me to the station 6.51 train get a large caramel latte on the train yeah. and then I get into work I've normally got an 8 o'clock time work till about 12 and then I eat something so apparently I've been yeah well what's that what do you eat what do I eat yeah I either eat poached egg avocado beans and I have a coffee that's pretty good another coffee yeah yeah by that time I'm already crapping my pants yeah 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 um or I have um or I have five guys with you Cajun chips and that's happened once twice twice twice, yeah I I had a hot dog I had a hot dog. Well, I had a, five guys. By the way, you can't give burgers that are massive mm. and then give me a piddly little hot dog. It's tiny. It wasn't a hot dog. Call it a sausage sandwich and then yeah, people will yeah. actually know what you're talking yeah. about. Chipolata sandwich yeah. would be a better description. Yeah. No, but that's it. So if you're training hard, which you are, yeah. I presume, in the gym, uh, you're not doing it with me. So. Well, hard-ish. Let's say yeah. semi-hard. Oh, semi-hard. <laughs> <Sorry, laughs> And if you're not eating enough to warrant that growth response, then your body is going to need to get the energy from somewhere, and more often than not, it breaks down the muscle fiber to provide itself with the glucose it needs to work. Can't I just tell it to break down the fat before the muscle fiber? Yeah, you can do. Well, let's just just tell it. Tell it now, and let's see what it does. Listen, listen, Lorcan. Break down the fat instead of your muscle fiber, you dumbass. Yeah. Right, sorted. Yeah. Next session. Six you need body to be hitting, so what, what needs to be happening is you need to be hitting at least your basal metabolic rate. Like 1700. Basal, yeah, so you need to be hitting that at least, because otherwise what happens is your body goes into like starvation mode. Calorie it deficit. Holds on to, it holds on to the fat, because that's your second, that's like your emergency reserve. And so if you're not hitting that 1700, say you're hitting 1500 and you're exercising hard and pushing it, rather than using that safety backup fat store, what will happen is it will 
look elsewhere for in the body for um, uh, glucose. Yeah, as energy. Right. I think I think if I can remember rightly, it's it's called gluconeogenesis, where the body converts the protein in the muscle into glucose, and then it so it's basically eating itself to provide itself with energy. So it's like a God, that's a vicious diet. cycle. Yeah, but that's why it's so important that you you eat the right amount of calories. Right, I'm just going to stuff my face now. Yeah, if I get fat and you're winding me up and this is just some con, <laughs> well, you know, oh, I turn into right? fat Thor. You're trying to, heat to get bigger, you need to have a calorie surplus to it, or you need to be eating enough protein. I went as Arrow. Arrows. I did uh, I did Halloween and I went as Arrow to, um, I think it was a Halloween party, and my swimmers when I was coaching at Saxon Crown, um, because I was also trying to put on muscle because Arrow is quite big as well. Yeah. And they... They, the common they said I didn't have enough arrows. time and they kept on calling me Farrow, which is Fat Arrow. Or Mo Farrow. <laughs> fat Arrow. <laughs> so yeah, that was interesting. So if, I, if I'm still fat in November, yeah. I'm not going to train. Fat, Let's start training. Core. You need to find time to train with me. I've got it all scheduled into the diary. Let's just match diaries and we can uh, get you ready for Thor Ragnarok. Because it is coming, ladies and gentlemen, in November. That's in the film. Yeah. And they say it's coming. Right, well, we need to wrap this up because I have to get back in for a client. Shout out to my client, Laura Nichols. <laughs> we might have to block that out now. Yeah, sorry, I need her permission. She's a lawyer as well. Oh, shit. Stop talking. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, we're going. Uh, I gotta go. So, that is the first episode, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, and more to come. <laughs>